you know, this is Manchester United, Voot Veghorst is being sold, and then you go online and, and it seems to be like, this is a good thing. You're like, it's not. Please stop telling me this is a good thing. It's not. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Hi, right, Maddie Taylor. I can see him getting his car. I've decided to go to Bolton. I'm waving him going out the car. Park. Just love moving teams and then you have to do an initiation. They just don't seem to be able to get deals over the line. All right, Phil Egan is here with us. Phil, good morning to you. Morning, lads. How are we doing? Uh, a welcome relief for you to uh, talk about transfer dealings. Yeah, from one all the week. rest of the stuff that's going on in the world. One week ago. Um, well, Frank Lampard's gone, right? Yep. So, uh, somebody at Everton's going to start buying players. Ooh, I'm, I think, do they have the budget to do that? Well, they might sell Anthony Gordon. Yeah, I wonder if that ship sailed. Because his form is dipped? Uh, well, I don't think it's, it's not, it's just, it's very hard to stand out in a team that have been in such bad form. Yeah. But the best bits of Everton, there's been very few this season, have been when Anthony Gordon's been involved. Is there a window of opportunity for somebody in the style of uh, Trossard being much cheaper than you thought he might be compared to some other players who are of a similar standard where you get Gordon for 20-something as opposed to the 60-80 million that it was yeah. a couple well, of months ago? I think the difference though with, with Trossard and Gordon is the, the nationality, age, the, and, the, age, and the, age the nationality okay. and contracts and all that as well. But um, now, if Everton are going to get out of it I think they need Anthony Gordon. Right. I, I genuinely believe look, Everton have a lot of problems but I think that their squad is good enough to get out of trouble but they have to choose right and a lot of the talk obviously is about Bielsa and yeah. pe- like I've already heard people saying well that Everton squad isn't a Bielsa squad but look at the very first Leeds team that he picked mm. and there's players in it where you you recognise the players in it like yeah. the likes of Luke Ayling or Alioski or Calvin Phillips and he made them Premier League players. Pardon my ignorance here. I can't remember. But did Bielsa get the full off season with those players, or was it mid season when he arrived? His first game was a was a three one win at Stoke, so it was during the season, right? So, so he, he can't have an immediate impact. Well, I think whoever comes in, there's obviously going to be a new manager bounces while Everton are hoping for now their first two fixtures. Well, their first fixture is Arsenal at home, which isn't a great, great one Saturday week. Then a Merseyside derby, which actually isn't as bad as it, it's a trip Could to Anfield. Been, yeah, it's a trip to Anfield the following week. It's a Monday night game, but Liverpool are hardly in great form. Where Everton frustrated them there last season, they obviously drew nil all with them this season. Everton would be up for that game, but Bielsa, if if he got it, could you you know the detail he goes into mm. when he researches what kind of squad he's working with and I think the the talk is that he just wants reassurances of what he can do he, do, he, he doesn't want to be losing players like Anthony Gordon Anthony Gordon is someone I would classify as a Bielsa player full of energy and with space can just eat up the ground and is, is a threat on the counter-attack so. OK, so Bielsa good call if they if they make it Fast. If he wants it. Yeah, if if he wants it. But also, see, if they went down the Sean Dyche route, which is, I mean, polar opposites here, but that could be a safe option as well. Somebody that knows what it's like to be in. I, I'd love to see Sean Dyche with a bit of money, right? Yeah, His signings I, weren't great, but some of them, they were, you know, some of them were really good and some of them were terrible. Yeah. 
you know, you just look at the Irish players that he signed. Some of them worked out really well and some of them didn't. Yeah, well, the, the gas thing is if he did get the, Ever- the Everton job, he's got a few former Burnley players. I joked when they signed the likes of Dwight McNeil and James, Har- James Tarkovsky were Everton signing Burnley players just for when Dyche comes in. <laughs> get the head of the head yeah, of the well that was last July I tweeted that and he's definitely in the mix Wayne Rooney obviously is another one that. but I don't know if Wayne Rooney needs this he doesn't I, it makes no sense if you're Wayne Rooney this job will come for you at some point mm. so long as you don't absolutely screw up in America but even if you do no one cares really there's such pressure on whoever gets his job just given the the stadium the finance the well Gerard you were asking earlier is, is it an attractive job I'm looking at the, the next manager odds here so Bielsa is now the slight favourite 5-4 to four ahead mm-hmm. of Deitch at 7-4 then you have Marce- Marcelino Garcia Toral who's done good things with Villarreal and Valencia in the last few years joint third favourite with Big Dunk but it, it strikes me as the type of job now who they could go for Bielsa and Deitch and because nobody really wants the job at the moment, they could end up with a Marcelino or someone to that effect who's maybe third, fourth, fifth down the list. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just not a, a sexy I'd be job. very surprised if, if they didn't get Bielsa and they went or for Deich. Deich. I'd be very surprised if Deich didn't want it. Yeah. Right. I think Deich could. Ever, Everton are a massive club. And yeah. I know you've been talking about earlier that you fall into the trap of thinking because you're such a big club that you're your aims should be higher but for for now they just have to make sure that they stay in the division mm. and they did it last season and you thought right they can build in it and things had started okay this season they were quite hard to beat but there's only so long you can do that where you become a team that's hard to beat you have to start picking up points and winning games and they just weren't winning games and they, if they you're, didn't look like winning games If you're Anthony Gordon's agent what are you doing are you saying to the end of the season and then seeing what the story is and, and having your pick of clubs in the summer Possibly yeah I, I, it's, it's tough for a, a local lad as well to, to just walk out on a club that he absolutely adores and, and we've seen it before where, where they go but where players go but it's uh, it's not it's not that easy just to to get up and uh, and leave and I, I think that would be a, maybe a sensible thing is just see how it goes and you know if you're still in the is his form as good now as it was like is he as in demand now you're saying it's hard to stand out in a bad team but is he still the same player or has he come off the boil to the point where pe- well, I think Everton have come off the boil so much that Anthony Gordon's form isn't as good as it was ok would you be worried signing him now for the same price that you were being quoted in the summer well I think the quote I think the price is way too high anyway right for a guy that was still relatively unproven okay. you can see there's certain things that he does where you think yeah I can see the, the potential in this player and he, in terms of his physique he still has to fill out a bit but yeah he, he's an exciting player mm. and if Everton had got 60, 70 million for him, I could see why they would have taken it. But Everton need players like Anthony Gordon if they're going to stay up. Okay. Um, Manchester City have signed another young Argentine player for uh, relatively cheap. Um, Maximo Perone from Vélez Sarsfield. This is there's a, another aspect of the business that Man City mm. are doing where they're they're buying the Alvarez's of the world, and. Um, they just seem to be a very well-run club at the moment. Yeah, I, I suppose the difference with with Alvarez was we, we kind of knew when he was signed that he was good to go. Perone wouldn't be, you know, he's he's one for the future. He's just gone twenty left-footed player in midfield. Um, like they have Bernardo Silva in there in that kind of central role. Well, obviously Bernardo Silva can play in a, a lot of roles, but Peroni is more a specialist in that central area. But 
a little bit more advanced. He wouldn't be playing in a Rodri role. Um, of the the top teams, maybe and we, we can do a special one on Chelsea before the end of the window. Uh, it seems to me that Arsenal have done the best business. They've just gone about stuff. They've picked up Trossard, who's going to be able to have an impact yeah. on that team for a very good price, really. And they've signed the uh, centre-back from Italy, the Polish centre-back, Jakub Kivior. Kivior? Yeah, yeah. And he's a left-footed centre-back as well. I think that's important where, as good as Arsenal have been, I think if you're Arteta, you still have to be looking where can they improve. And I think that is an area, I think Saliba's been excellent. Gabriel has done a really good job, but I think he can upgrade on Gabriel. Mm. And it's very important, even though things are going well, you don't rest in your laurels. And that's the most successful clubs and the most successful teams. They build when they're in the strongest position. And I think actually... Liverpool have been guilty of doing not doing that where when they were on top a couple of seasons ago they didn't build and now they're they're paying the price for it. Well Mudrick's going to be probably a very good signing for Chelsea mm. but financially speaking even Thomas Frank the other day speaking about um, how overpriced he was he's like look he's a great player unproven yet to some degree but far too big a price. Yeah. It could it could emerge if you know if Trossard is is really really good with Arsenal you could Arsenal dodge the bullet there financially. Yeah, but you know, like a lot is made of the the finances or the the, the price tag of players. But if they make your team better, the mm. price tag usually goes away quick enough. <laughs> it's really just it's something that if things don't go well at the start, then the price tag is mentioned. Yeah, and Anthony, Anthony, Darwin, Nunes, your your prime examples there of. Well, the clubs make so much money they can afford a couple of these missteps. It's when it's actually when you pay too much in wages. And that resets the bar, and then bad players are on big wages, like Manchester United have had for such a long yeah. period of time, that that really sets you back in your ability. It's interesting now in the De Gea contract negotiations, he's willing to take a pay cut. Mm. Like, oh, all of a sudden, if you're not paying the most for any goalkeeper in the world, then it doesn't look like a bad deal. Yeah. And, and if you pay too much in wages, then you can't get them off your wage bill because they don't want to go. Like, and they're stuck. You're, like, like, why, a bad why would they leave? Yeah. Um, uh, on that um, Chelsea, uh, the, uh, one of the papers is reporting today that Chelsea's decision to make all these long contracts, the seven-year deals, which is going to allow them to uh, write off the cost of the transfer fee and squeak in under the financial fair play, that um, UEFA are going to change the rules so you can only write transfers off over five years. Mm-hmm. So that they do this in American football where you'll sign a contract worth $100 million, but there'll be a void year at the end. So you spread out that $100 million over five years instead of four, and it doesn't affect your salary cap. And I, I did think that there's going to be a lot of this coming in where, um, you know, contracts are, are given to players and they're like 15, 20 year contracts. You get you get the money over yeah. the period of time, same amount of money, but like you've long retired and you're still picking up the salary. Yeah. Nice so retirement fund for you. There's ways to, there's ways and means to get around this, yeah. but um, that's how Chelsea have so far been managing to do all this spending while at the same time trying to get in under financial fair play. There's going to be a fire sale of Chelsea players though. There's going to be a well, lot of that's available. That's what I was going to say. Is just try and sell a few players as well and make some money back because they've got such a, a bloated squad now. And there is definitely a few players in there that will interest several clubs around Europe and in the Premier League as well. Any sign of Liverpool signing any midfielders? No. No. Like you signed downhearted there. No, I, I just think that it's. I find it really strange that in the last four and a half years. Thiago is the only permanent signing they've made and it goes back to what I just said about not building on the success that they had and I I get why Liverpool fans get frustrated with FSG and their, their model but I don't think 
you can blame them for Klopp not signing a permanent midfielder, another permanent midfielder in four and a half years. I think he has looked at that midfield and thought, I've got it all sewn up here. We've got Fabinho, who's one of the best defensive midfielders in the world. He's had an absolute shocker of a season. It's mad that all three of them fell off a cliff at the same time. Well, I think Thiago is the only one now that you could call good enough to get into their rival teams. Is he still at the same form as he was over the... the I, I think if... The thing is... It's hard to tell. If you had a more functional midfield, then Thiago would look even better. Okay. But he's going around... He's the one putting in tackles. He wasn't signed to do that. Now, he's always had that ability to press and people think that because he's so good on the ball that he doesn't like the other side of the game. Couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. When he arrived at Liverpool, actually there was especially when there was the behind-closed-door games, you could hear Jordan Henderson shouting at him, like, just stop going in for all these tackles. Just relax. Uh, but they, they need. the thing is, they sign a few players in midfield and then they look good again. I think I can understand why Liverpool fans would be very frustrated with how the season's going. But like last season, they bounced back from the previous season where it didn't go according to plan. And the Bundesliga came back at the weekend and there's Jude Bellingham scores on the return sets up the winner for Gio Reyna and like you think what a player like that would the difference he would make whether he we now we know obviously if if it comes down to money Jude Bellingham's not going to Liverpool but if it comes down to him wanting to play for Jurgen Klopp and, and Liverpool then the money thing isn't an issue yeah we'll see um, no Champions League football probably next year to uh, to distract them maybe not even any Europa League football next year the way things are going the way things are going yeah. not even Conference League yeah. <laughs> right that is this version with a week to go in the transfer window of Deal or No Deal Hi right Maddie Taylor I can see him getting his car I've decided to go to Bolt I'm waving him going out the car park <laughs> just love moving teams and then you have to do an initiation. They just don't seem to be able to get deals over the line. 